Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine, and we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast, episode 89. 89 dating red flags. This is a hot topic right now. Yes. Hot, red hot. Red hot. <laughs> red hot. I'm hearing this so often, you know, with even with friends, this constant, you know, there's something about this idea of red flags. It feels like it's a trend word. It's going around right now, like toxic relationships and red flags and narcissists out there everywhere. And, yeah. um, that there's something that it's done to people where there's this, especially cause online dating is really just a shit show of people's patterns. So there's a lot of, you know, toxic dynamics happening or, or painful wound um, wound situations happening out there in the online dating world. So I've noticed this obsession that mm-hmm. clients and even friends of mine have with online dating right now with, is this a flag? Is that a flag? Is this a flag? Yeah. And the first thing I want to speak to is this idea of like being constantly on the lookout for red flags, because we, as we, you and I all know, as we all know, there are a lot of people out there who are dating from their patterns and from their wounds. So, you know, but the obsession with looking for a red flag is it really keeps us focused on the wrong person, right? It keeps our attention constantly looking at, wait, is what they're doing something that's wrong? And we will get to the things to kind of watch out for uh, in today's episode. But I first wanted to unpack that. Because when my attention's always looking out, going, wait, is that person doing something that's wrong and bad? Should I be should I, should I be concerned about that behavior or that behavior or that behavior? Mm-hmm. It's this obsessant looking outside of ourselves, even though the answer to something being out of alignment for you is actually inside of you. So that's the first thing I want to address. I'm super passionate about this around dating with your guard up, right? So right away when it's looking for red flags you're putting yourself into protective mode. And the truth about this is if you're doing this, you don't trust yourself, right? I'm just going to come out and say it. And when your attention is on other people, you don't trust yourself because self-trust is not, I mean, the child idea of trust is perfect trust. You'll never hurt me and we'll live happily ever after. Adult trust is I don't expect you to behave perfectly. And I trust myself to respond with whatever you do. That is actually what self-trust is. So when you trust yourself, you can date from observation mode, not from your whole guard is up and you're on alert and you're hyper vigilant. So you can't even see the gifts of who people are. And then the thing I want to add too is that we are so focused on other people, we don't, we're not willing to look at our own toxic behaviors. Like you want to know what a big freaking red flag is, is this is dating looking for red flags. Yes. (laughs) If you're doing that, you're the red
red flag because you're yeah. already in fear and fear yeah. never leads to love. Never. And you're in your ego, you're in your saboteur, you're in your, like, you're, you're, you're disconnected from the truth of who you are. I love everything you just said. I love that this is where we're starting because think about it. If you're, if you're out, if you're on dates and you have the lens, you're looking, I'm just imagining you putting glasses on and like looking for the bad behavior to make sure there's no bad guys that you end up on a date with. It's, it automatically has you in your head. And if you go back to every episode, we talk every episode about dating in particular, we talk about the importance of being super relaxed on the dates and being in your body and being filled up within yourself when you're going on these dates, because when you are filled up, when you're not in fantasy about the other person, right? Fantasy goes both ways. Looking for red flags on the date is the same thing as looking for Prince Charming. Like it's just the wrong focus. You're stuck in your head trying to figure something out like it's a math equation when it's not. It's not a math equation. Those of you who like math, I mean... (laughs) Yeah. It's not a math equation. It it is a body sensation, all of it. But if you are not home in your body, if you're not connected to your body, if you're not filled up within yourself and going on the date feeling like, Hey, I have a really great life. And if I attract someone I connect with amazing. And if I don't connect with them, amazing. And also knowing how to say, Hey, this isn't actually feeling aligned. Like if something feels off and you don't know how to be boundaried, then yeah, you might end up in a relationship with someone who had some red flags. But, um, but the key of course, as always is being plugged into your own internal guidance system. And we all have one. Think about it. Little kids have an internal guidance system. They know Little, little kids know when something's a yes or no. They don't have words to explain why they don't want to sit on Santa's knee. They just know they don't want to sit on Santa's knee, right? We might look at Santa and be like, okay, because he doesn't really look like Santa and he looks like he's stoned and maybe not really interested in being there or he's kind of creepy. Like little kids don't know why, but they just scream and kick and know it's a no. So we all have this beautiful internal guidance system inside of us, but most of us, or all of us, I'd say, have been have been pulled away from following that. We've learned to follow other people. And so as adults, if you don't rebuild that connection to your own internal guidance, you're going to be like everyone else pointing the finger at everyone else thinking that, you know, men are my problem for my pain. Toxic relationships are outside of me. Even like that, we did that episode on emotional unavailability. Are you emotionally unavailable? There's so much blame in dating, but are you actually looking at what part of you is attracting? If you're attracting narcissistic people, what part of you is attracting it? Are you a self-sacrificer? What are you contributing to that dynamic? No one wants to look at themselves. And it really comes back to like, I feel like there needs to be a, a, when someone signs on to a dating app, it's like, are you emotionally over the age of 25? Yes, <laughs> like, like no please one. check before you sign on to a dating app. Like dating is for grownups, babes, like healthy, extraordinary relationships happen with grownups not from little kids who are reacting to life. And the thing I've, I've been really in my own process of reclaiming self-trust around how I do my business. So of course, this is what I've been thinking about with my clients and dating and this whole idea of, and I, I so appreciate what you said too. Everyone wants to get it right. 
So I have really bad news. Love is uncertain. Relationships are messy. Life is uncertain. People change. And even if you choose the right person, something's going to happen down the road that you are not going to have planned, right? If you've been following the podcast for a while, I didn't exactly plan one, one year into my marriage for my husband's health to go to shit and practically Mm -hmm. fall apart. And so what's happening in the like endless search around red flags is women who don't trust themselves and who are disempowered in dating and who don't believe that they can have standards. Because the other part that's missing around this is you, it's not only about no, having your an intuition, it's having the skill to be able to talk. It's having the skill to set the boundary, to be able to communicate about something that's bothering you or that you're worried about and ask more questions. So what I see with my clients is lots of hope, right? Well, we feel really good. So this must be a big, a great match rather than the skill of leaning into asking the questions like, how do you move through your life? What's important to you? Everyone wants to skip over that part. So part of self-trust in your intuition is I can trust myself to bring things up as I'm getting to know someone. I can bring things up about what actually matters to me and who I am. Everyone's so afraid. And this is so painful for me. We say we want love, but everyone's so freaking afraid. Yes. And because, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, because we're so afraid of getting hurt, no one's yeah. living. Like we're missing the juice of life. We're missing the magic of life. When your whole entire, like you're dating out there. I think of like someone dating with like a sumo wrestle suit, sumo wrestler suit on, like all those protective pads to try and protect themselves from getting hurt. And in the in the experience of trying to avoid pain, we cause a tremendous amount of suffering. Of like never ending suffering. And not just in dating and love, like everywhere in our lives, we're so afraid to be hurt that we're constantly hurting ourselves and robbing ourselves of really experiencing life. Yeah. Like what if you went into dating and even relationships, not being afraid of anything, even if you make the wrong choice, there's no such thing. Like you can even marry someone and think they're totally right for you and then get married and realize, wow, our values are so misaligned. Our lives are heading totally different directions or, or anything. We parent in different ways and you can choose to lovingly end a relationship. Like you are never held to anything. I mean, make a very wise, informed choice if you're going to have children with someone because that's like a tie that you can't really untie from, (laughs) untether from. But ultimately, like there is, I don't even believe in mistakes. I believe we, I believe in choice and we make a choice and maybe the choice isn't aligned and then you'll feel that. And then you make a new choice and that like life is just a whole bunch of experiences Mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of choices. And if we make a choice that doesn't feel good, you can make a new choice. You're never mm. stuck in anything. So in this, in this, you know, journey of trying to avoid pain, you're missing out on so much pleasure. Yes. And the new paradigm of love is being less attached to the result and more, more available for the experience, knowing you can handle the pain. If it doesn't work out, you can handle it. If you need to set a boundary and speak up, you can do that. If you, you know, you get to create your own experience. And I believe this is how we heal our wounds from childhood is by learning how, learning what our wounds are and what our patterns are 
and choosing and learning how to do it differently as adults. So if you didn't get to be boundaried as a kid, you didn't get to speak up and say how you felt, you can be that as an adult. If vulnerability was shamed in your family, when you're dating, you can practice being vulnerable and use dating and relationships as a tool to heal. I believe that's the purpose of them is healing and growing and evolving. And so you like this op, dating is an opportunity to grow. Dating is an opportunity to get to know more aspects of you, but the new truth, I mean, there's a, you can look for red flag episodes on so many people's podcasts and I bet they're going to be like, watch out for this, watch out for that. Watch out when he says this, watch out when he does that. But ultimately, the most important thing is, are you plugged into yourself? Are you connected to yourself? Are you focusing on yourself, what you're bringing to the table, where you're coming from within yourself? Because if all of your attention is on the other person, whether it's the fantasy pleasure or the, the what's he doing wrong, you're focused on the wrong person. And the best part of choice is that's what you reclaim through healing, right? I always joke with clients, like a little kid can't look around their house and say, this place is shit. I'm not getting my needs met. I need to get out of here and pack their bags and leave. And so what's at the root of the hypervigilance around red flags is a woman who doesn't trust herself to walk away and a woman who doesn't trust herself to take the risk of love. There's a risk when you fall in love, no matter what, because people change. And I would say you can certainly up your chances of not marrying the wrong person when you're willing to slow the fuck down when you're dating and willing to bring up the really difficult conversations before you commit to getting married to someone, right? Because actually it's really insane if a year into getting married, all of a sudden you realize you don't have shared values. Like, holy crap. Like, please talk about your values before you get engaged or please talk about how you parent before you get engaged. But, but most people not- don't know that. They well, don't know that if they don't know themselves. Of course. But they, and now the empowerment can be that that's what you learn, right? Like taking, you know, from what you just said about choice, like, you can learn this. Like that's the best news, no matter how old you are, no matter what your journey has been. And that was my truth. Like I'm falling apart with my ex and, and all my spiritual awakening was like, wait a second, this does not have to feel like this relationship is not fucking rocket science. There are people that have been studying this. There are trainings, there are books you can learn. And actually the part of you that's feeling powerless around all of this is the child. You can learn how to do this. And you know what? It's actually really freaking essential that you do. Yes. And so I would, I would go into saying, you know, the, the number one red flag to look out for is who are you being right? Who are you when you're with this person? Because no matter how great of a person they are, if you're in your traumatized self or you're locked in your saboteur and you can't get out with this person, it doesn't matter who they are because you have to be the one who shifts, right? Number one red flag in dating is if you feel incapable to bring things up. If you're too afraid, right? I I mean, I'm going to go as far to say, if it's too hard for you to tell someone that you no longer want to date them, you need to stop dating. Yes. Dating is for grownups. And the, the thing that breaks my heart, you know, my, my like soapbox is I'm actually really sick of people talking about the divorce rate and acting like marriage is the problem. Marriage is not the problem because cars are not the problem. The people who drive them are the problem. The people inside of a marriage are the problem. 
monogamy and commitment. I fucking love my husband. I love my husband and I love being married and I can't wait to have babies with this person. And I don't live in a fantasy that having a baby is going to somehow make my marriage better. I don't live in a fantasy that Andrew's responsible for my happiness. Like, how about that's a red flag? If you are dating, thinking it's someone else's job to make you feel worthy or make you feel enough or make you feel happy, right? That's a losing. How can anyone start a relationship like that? And yet, of course, everyone is (laughs) all day long. Everyone is. And I so love before we hit record, you made it, you mentioned about how all of your clients, like everyone had a physical sensation, like your intuition says something's off here. Right. And so that's the red flag, right? The red flag is your body saying something's off. And I invite you to lean into the practice of one, figuring out the difference between your intuition and your trauma, because guess what? Your trauma is going to have you run from healthy people right? All my avoidantly attached people out there, you are scan, you are scanning for every possible imperfection to confirm that that person isn't right for you so that you don't have to take the risk of love. And my anxiously attached people, you're painting the red flags green and ignoring all of your body sensations anyway, because you so desperately want a relationship. And so you learn like the essence of learning about yourself and learning about what actually makes relationships work. It doesn't have to be so hard and you don't have to be so hyper vigilant around it. You can build self-trust. You can build confidence. I feel like this, you know, self self trust or all the things like what it means to be in your heroine, you're confident in who you are and you can't be confident if you don't know who you are, right? Confidence isn't an act, right? It emerges from inside. I know who I am. I know what I stand for and, and I know what I deserve. And I guess that's what the last thing I'll say around this of instead of, instead of looking for red flags, it's know the standard of the kind of behavior that's okay for you, right? It can't be okay that someone is in active addiction while you're dating them. It can't be okay that someone's in a relationship with someone else, but, but you're still dating them. It's not okay to move forward. I mean, the definition of self-abandonment is someone flat out says, I don't want a relationship and that's not what I'm interested in, but it's what you're interested in. You keep dating them. How about that? That's self- yes. the definition of self-abandonment. So all, it keeps coming back to who are you being? Who are you being? And what are you paying attention to? And do you love yourself enough to believe that you deserve to be treated well and that someone will enthusiastically show up for you. You don't have to manipulate them into doing so. You don't have to demand that they do so. You don't have to perform in order to get somebody to fall in love with you. You can drop those games now. Those are the red flags. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So essentially, I I love all of that. Everything you're saying is all of the flags are within you. And it's where am I lying to myself? Like, I think one of the, mm-hmm. one of the biggest flags in dating and relationships is, and life is lying to ourselves. Yeah. How many times I think of all the years that I wasn't confident, all the years that I wasn't sure of myself, that I wasn't powerful in relationships, that I wasn't powerful in dating and my career in any area of my life. How do I feel when you're with this person? How do you feel? do you relax? 
Do you feel like you have to change who you are? Do you feel like you lose Mm. your sense of who you are? Do you shape shift? Are you in fantasy about the, like, are you actually relaxed into being yourself? I think even in my friendships, that's where I feel the most Mm. aligned and alive and free to fully be me is when I am fully just, I feel free to be me when I'm not performing in any way, when I'm not trying to get something or feel like I need to give, 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 Mm. give in order to be liked. Like, are you actually relaxed into who you are? And, you know, going back to the conversation about values, I mean, most of us don't know our values. Our values get put on us when we're children. Like, here's what you value, this religion, this, this, you know, our family values this, and you learn what to value. And so if you haven't done the work of getting to know your own soul, and of unpacking who you are and of getting to know what matters to you, then you won't know what's aligned when you're dating and relating. Like if you're in your 20s or early 30s and you've spent the last 10, 15 years trying to find a husband, well, I guarantee you, you absolutely aren't in touch with your own soul and your own values. So I actually just read this beautiful, I sent you the link to this transcription of a podcast. I actually can't remember in this moment the name of the podcast, but a friend of mine sent it to me. And one of my favorite lines in the whole thing thing was I was reading the transcription of it was, you know, if relationships are so important to us, why do we spend no time learning about them? Seriously. You know, if they actually matter so much to us, why? Because nobody taught us how to do relationship. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the most important thing in the world, especially to women where we're so, because we're brainwashed with that's the thing that matters. And as women, you know, there's just that added pressure that we're supposed to be in relationship. And that's the only thing that matters. So women are under so much pressure to be in relationship that's not even their own. And if that's what's leading the way, you're going to end up not even knowing who you are going into it. But if you don't have a relationship with yourself And you don't have a relationship to knowing what matters to you in life and what are your non-negotiables and where am I, where do I believe I'm headed? What do I stand for in life? Then you can't even know if someone's misaligned. And that's like all the women I've worked with over the years who got married and then divorced, which is 90% of my clients. They just didn't even know who they were getting into it. So that's the, I mean, it should be a law that you have to know your own soul before you can be in a relationship with someone else. Cause otherwise it is coming from your patterns. I love, love, love that quote. And I was just thinking about how relationship isn't what matters for the codependent it's being loved, right? Like think about where you place your attention, right? For me, for you, we care about relationship because of who we become inside of it. Right. Because we are committed to a life of growth and healing. Those are our values. Right. And I love that idea for everyone to sit with. Like, why does being in relationship matter to me? Because I just want to be loved because I just want to change my feel worthy because I want to feel like I belong because I want to have a status symbol in our culture rather than am I ready for what a relationship will ask me to become? You know, I was not ready when Andrew got sick. That was not part of my, the plan. (laughs) And I had to like strap, you know, fasten my seatbelt and get ready to be transformed. And I, the other thing I want to come back to, because this was so powerful that you said this about, um, what am I looking to get? And am I overgiving? 
oh my God, red fucking flags. And I can tie that into actually how a partner shows up. And I'm thinking about our epic, epic, epic episode on um, uh, Stop Chasing Fantasy fuck the fairy tale stop chasing fantasy love like if you love this episode make sure you go back and listen to that one because we definitely went deeper into love bombing and named some red flags of the other person's behavior but one of the biggest red flags for me is a person trying to enter a relationship in order to get something yes right so the moment you're doing that you're actually objectifying someone think about that for a second you're on a date saying are you good enough for me, are you going to love me perfectly the way that I want to? That person's no longer a human being who also has needs, who also has dreams, who also is going to have, you know, boundaries that they're going to set. And the, oh man, those overgivers, all my sweet overgivers, myself and fuck included. I, I belong in that camp. I'm, I'm full self-sacrificer, but I, I went, I actually went into debt I was, I always paid off my credit card on time. I went into debt for the first time buying my ex Christmas presents. I was like, Oh, this is what a credit card is for. And once, once I started carrying a balance on that credit card, the rest is history. And I got totally out of control for a while there, but big red flag is if you keep giving and not receiving anything in return, one sided relationships. If you're the one always setting updates, if you're the one always making plans, if you're the one always sending the first message, if you're the one controlling everything, guess what? That's a red flag, right? You want to, you're looking for equanimity. You're looking for reciprocity. You're looking for shared energy, because this is not to say I am not telling you to lean back. I can't stand that shit. And I'm not telling you to always let a man pursue because it's the 21st century. My friends, you want an equal relationship, not someone where someone, because that's just the same one-sided relationship. If, if you're looking for a male partner and you want him to do all of the work. So the, I love that you brought that up about overgiving because that for me is such something to pay attention to, because if you're giving, 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 I promise you that's coming from not feeling enough and not feeling like you're worthy because you exist. You have inherent value and someone will want to be with you because of who you are, not because of what you do. And then partnered with that is the thing to look out for is if a man is pouring gifts at you, if he's showing up with a million flowers on a first date and he plans something elaborate for a first date, I'm sorry, that's not romantic. That is over the top. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know what you need. He doesn't even know what you like. And he's just made an assumption. And now he's performing for you. And that's not what you want. We have to bring the romance back of actually communicating what we like and what we don't like and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And the ideal kind of first date we'd want to be on. And that's sexy. Having responsiveness in a relationship, that's sexy. Someone who actually listens to you and pays attention to you and you them. Yes. I feel like that that's it. Like what's a good first date or a good date period, even with a partner is open-hearted curiosity where Mm -hmm. both of you are interested in each other. I think like back in the day when I was dating, I used to be like, oh my gosh, he's everything because he has X, Y, Z. He is X, Y, Z because he looks like this and he's got this job and he's successful and he's funny and whatever versus 
I'm, am I actually genuinely intrigued by this person? Like, that's what excites me now is like, am I actually genuinely curious about this person intrigued? Am I enjoying myself hanging out with them? Am I enjoying watching them interact with the world and with other people? Like, how Mm -hmm. do I feel in my body and coming back to that? I got stuck on that. How do you, how do you feel earlier? Because to me, that's the most important thing. I think of every client I've ever worked with whose husband cheated on them 10 million times or who's, um, you know, was ghosted by someone or who, I mean, we, that's a victim statement, but who's, you know, someone just disappeared that they were dating or who ended up in a toxic, emotionally abusive relationship. Every single time I bring them back to the moment they started dating. And how did you feel in your body? If you were to actually go back, did you know? Yes. 100% of the time, did they know he was cheating? Maybe that was a thought in their mind because our bodies don't come with a manual. There isn't a storyline that's like, okay, this is what, like sometimes we get intuitive downloads, but sometimes your body's just like something feels off here. Something doesn't feel right. So when you were talking about the love bombing, you know, often women get swept away by fairy tale stories. So if some guy is like telling you he wants to, you know, marry you on the third date and is like planning a future with you. Some, some girls who are very disconnected, <laughs> I'll say keyword here is girl, who are very disconnected from themselves might feel excited by that storyline. But if you actually drop into your body, I guarantee your body's going to be like, mm, something feels off here because that person doesn't know you and that's actually not romantic. And even the idea of romance, mm. I mean, we're fed an idea of what romance is. Oh, he brought me flowers. That's so romantic. Oh, he you know, paid for dinner. That's so romantic. But to me, romance is, is about connection. I mean, maybe it's a personal thing for each person, but how much of your idea of romance is a story in your mind versus a feeling in your body. So again, our bodies are so freaking wise. This is the most important thing in the world to me. If you are not connected to your body, if you're not embodied, if you have not done right nervous system regulation, you know, we've all experienced varying degrees of trauma in our lives. And if you haven't done that work to heal your right, your nervous system in your body so that you can actually feel those signals, like you are so wise. You don't have to be on high alert trying to figure out if people are good or bad. You will know. Every time I had a toxic work dynamic or a friend that was toxic or in some way, Mm -hmm. I'm saying toxic as an umbrella statement, but a, a relationship that wasn't healthy where I was maybe taken advantage of in some way. Every single time I felt off in my body, my body always told me, but back then, because I didn't have a relationship to my body, I didn't know. I didn't know what that meant. I felt the feelings, but I didn't know, oh, wow, this is my body actually Mm -hmm. communicating to me that this isn't a safe environment for me to be in. Every woman has to reclaim that, you know, I'm thinking even the larger scale, like outside of dating, like how, how much of our culture, it negates any woman's feeling. (laughs) Right. And, and I think that's the first place, you know, one of the core, there's two components of three components of self-abandonment, but the two I'm focusing on are one, you self-abandon when you make someone else responsible for your feelings, that's Mm. self-abandonment right? It's your job to make me happy. It's your job to make me feel good. It's your job to, you know, take care of me. And then the second way you abandon yourself is by ignoring your feelings. 
Yeah. That, that self-abandonment. And what's really important in the empowerment of dating is you can tell who someone is based on how they respond to you. So if we go back to how afraid people are, afraid of saying the wrong thing, afraid of scaring someone away, afraid of losing that person, whatever you don't say because you're afraid to say makes it so you actually are now building a relationship on no foundation at all. And then you don't actually know what your relationship is made of because you safety is not a feeling in a relationship. Safety is the result of two people who respect one another's boundaries, two people who don't get defensive when they're given feedback, two people who feel that they can share how they're feeling and the feeling is met with kindness and respect. And for some of you, I get that that might feel like being on another planet. I had never had that experience before. I didn't know what that was, but so many women are afraid to actually say the thing, say what they need, set the boundary, ask someone to slow down because they don't feel comfortable. Say, I'm actually, I'm, this is a no, uh, how you always say it. This is a no for me. And thank you so much for the opportunity to meet you. I don't think we're a match. That is the learned skill. And you partner your intuition with the skill right? It actually is a skill on how to communicate, how to not be so reactive. You know, a lot of women right now are like, I'm setting a boundary, but they're actually punishing somebody else, right? Or keeping love at bay. And so there is a lot to think about. And that's why Kate and I do the work that we do. That's why this is so much bigger than just listening to a podcast episode and expecting Mm -hmm. transformation. We wanted, we created this so that you could, this could be an entry point into the deeper work at no matter what's phase and stage that you're in. And both of us are still committed to our own work. We're not living our lives. Like we're all set. You know, I'm having, I'm having the longest relationship of my life right now, seven years. (laughs) And Andrew and I work with a mentor together because there's always more to learn. And that's the humility of the empowered feminine is I can learn. I'm not stuck. I'm not powerless. I'm not doomed. I am not unlucky in love. If another person says that I'm going to come and shake you. There is no such thing as being unlucky in love. There's no love gods that are bringing bad luck to you. You, It's you, babes. It's you. You are the root. You can heal. You can change. And if there is that hypervigilance, that's the sign of, oh my gosh, deeper healing work. Take a dating break. If this is making you crazy, you don't have to live like this. It's not rocket science. It's not the wild west out there. And there are clear ways that you deserve to be treated. And all of that happens when you believe yourself to be worthy and you believe yourself to to deserve an amazing, healthy relationship. And you do the work so you can become the creator of that rather than thinking it's just going to fall from the sky because it's not. And worthiness is built from within. And so when you learn how to do everything we share in all of these episodes, that's how you build self-worth. I didn't used to have it. I used to be the most insecure person who was constantly contorting myself to make other people feel more comfortable or being who I thought I needed to be for other people to like me or to choose me. And it's like you build your self-worth by not doing those things. Basically, we're all fucking liars when we're in our saboteurs. (laughs) Like when all the saboteur archetypes are leading your relationships and your dating lives, even your friendships. I have so many clients who can't even be fully honest and vulnerable with their friends. They're still people pleasing and self-sacrificing or trying to control rather than just being vulnerable and real and sharing what's really going on in their hearts or 
think if you're blaming anything outside of yourself, you're not taking radical responsibility for your life, which means you're disconnected from the truth of who you are. It means your patterns are in charge. If you are not taking responsibility, red flag, if you're blaming guys in Vancouver, you're blaming guys in North Carolina, you're blaming guys in Sydney, Australia. I mean, every woman in every city has the same line. There's no good men in my city, or there's no good single men left, or, you know, there's no, um, there's no good guys left on planet earth. If you're blaming something outside of yourself, you're blaming the apps, you're blaming anything, dating, you're blaming anything. You That's are disconnected. The number one thing that has to go. Disconnect. You're a victim. You're a victim to life. You're not a victim. You get to create your own reality. No matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening in your life, you can create a different reality for yourself. That's radical responsibility. You can make dating fun. Even if you've been doing it for 10 years, you can completely transform your relationship to dating, yes. your relationship to relationships. It doesn't matter if you're 20 years old or you're 65 you can absolutely transform how you're relating to dating, how you're relating to other people, how you're relating to your life. And from that place, you don't have to worry about figuring out if people are, you know, good or bad. You will know, you will know. And it becomes, it becomes less about, oh, is that toxic? Is that person bad? Is that place bad? And more about, wait, this just doesn't feel aligned. And there's so much levity to that. Like that's how Mm -hmm. I am in my life now. I go to a place, a restaurant, a store, you know, I travel places and I just know if something's just not aligned or something's super aligned. I feel it in my body. When I meet people, it's just like, oh, I really like that person, but it's something just doesn't feel right. And I trust that. And the more I trust that, the more confidence builds, the more self-worth builds, the more epic my life is, the happier I am, the deeper I sleep. Like they all go hand in hand. You get to build it by choosing to take responsibility for your life. Amen. And energy flows where attention goes. So if all of your attention is on spotting red flags, you're probably going to see them. That's what you're going to see. And if your attention is on the kind of standards that you have for yourself, the kind of behavior that is okay for you and the kind of behavior that's not. And then most of all, and cause this was what, this was at the core of my codependency healing was doing things. Is this person good for me? Like, do I like who I am when I'm with this person? Cause at the end of the day, that's very clear answer, right? It's not about good or bad person, but is this person good for me? Because when you love yourself, the only people who look good to you are people who are good for you. It is not rocket science. And so it all comes back again and again and again to the relationship that you have with yourself. And so that's it for me. Any last things you want to say? Yeah. I love what you said. Is this person good for me? Like, am I laughing? Here's mine. Am I laughing? Am I having epic, amazing conversations that make me want to just keep learning more getting like, are the conversations meaningful? Uh, Do I feel relaxed? Do I feel comfortable just being myself and being my quirky self, my dorky self, like all parts of myself? Do I feel comfortable sharing all parts of myself? Do I feel, do I feel seen? Do I feel heard? Do I feel intrigued? Like these are the kind of questions you want to ask yourself when you're dating rather than, is he good enough? Is he this enough? Is he that enough? How do I feel? How do I want to feel? Get clear on that. Spend some time there. That's all. 
And who would I, who am I becoming through being with this person? Cause I, I'm going to say one more thing, <laughs> not bring it, bringing it back to like, there, there is an element you, you, when you're with the, a person who's good for you, there also might still be fear because if you're someone like me, who's never had a healthy relationship before, you're going to talk your fucking self right out of any kind of healthy relationship. And so there has to be an element of knowing yourself deeply and the difference between, am I talking myself out of this relationship or this is a good person for me and it's time for me to lean in and always, 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 when you are introducing someone you're dating to your friends, do not ask your friends what they think of him. Ask your friends to watch you. And that's the last thing I'll say, because who you're being right. Your friends can say, babe, when, when you're standing next to him, you are two years old. We can see it. You are not bright. You are not shining. You don't look happy. You're in your wounds with this person or babe, I've never seen you so happy. You are shining so bright. I love the way you looked at him. And so this is so, so, so important. That's how you could really support your friends. Watch her. Don't watch him. Don't size him up because give me a break. You know, no one's ever good enough for our friends half the time. We all, and we all think we know what's best for our friends and guess what? We don't, but you can give really powerful, healthy feedback by watching your friend with whoever she's dating. And that will help the individual, right? You, if you're dating to come back to who am I being with this person? Cause we're going to have every possible flavor of chemistry. And it's not that you'll never be in your inner child with the right person for you. Cause you freaking will. But in those early phases, do you shine brighter? Does this person make you better? Let's ask better freaking questions rather than yeah. what are the red flags? Okay. The power of your life is determined <laughs> by the power of your questions. Yes. That, I love that so much. I had friends when I was 21 years old in a really toxic relationship. And I had like, they were friends, my best friends, little sisters, friends. They came to visit me in Australia and I had three of them pull me aside and they were like, you are not yourself. You are not your bubbly, sparkly, happy self. This guy is not good for you. And it was true. And I didn't know it because I just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller, but I was on the other side of the world and I didn't know. So that is the greatest gift you can give to your friends call them up. You know, they might not be open to hearing it, but also reflect who they're being around that person and how they, like how they see, you know, I've had friends reflect, wow, he loves you so much. I can feel his love for you. So I love that so much. Okay. We can go on and on. Though. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. And you know, the best way is this is a movement. Kate, Kate and I were creating a movement. And so the best way to support your friends is freaking get them on board with the new yes. podcast, right? Imagine having a group of friends that are all committed to the new paradigm of love. That's how we're going to change the world. So we love you. And we're so grateful when you share the episodes. And we, as always, we especially love when you let us know the impact the episode has had on you or how things are different from you, for you, messaging us, Facebook, Instagram, all the things. We love it so much. Love you. See you soon. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.